Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Tomahawk Take Podcast. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me, as always, is Alan Carpenter. Good cold evening in the South. And Fred Owens, who's hanging out down there in Texas. I amazingly have electrical power tonight. Let's do this. <laughs> we better hurry, though. <laughs> yeah, this this podcast is hanging on by a thread. Alan's uh, computer fell apart today. Fred's in and out of power, so we'll see if we can get this one in tonight. Guys, spring training, obviously underway, pitchers and catchers reporting. Uh, one of the most exciting times of the year for baseball fans. Love seeing all of the pictures of guys coming up in camp, all the videos, the sounds. It's just uh, great to have baseball back. It's feels like it's been forever, as it always does, but glad to have the guys reporting to camp. Glad to see some, some pictures of guys on the field and can't wait to actually be talking about real live games happening uh, pretty soon. But today we're going to talk about some of the news the Braves have had recently in the past week, and then we're also going to do a quick little spring training preview, looking at some roster battles and some prospects to to keep an eye on. But earlier this week, the Braves did have a minor league make a minor league signing for Jason Kipnis. Kipnis primarily a second baseman throughout his career, mostly with the Indians. Uh, spent last year with the Cubs, two-time All-Star, does have time in center field, and has also played one game at first base. So I guess there's that. He's he's your backup if Freddie. Uh, I'm not even going to say it, but Kipnis is on there, and I think he's a good chance to to make the bench as a, a veteran bat. Don't hate the signings, surely. Minor league deals are, are always great signings, especially when you get a veteran like Kipnis who I think can improve a bench, which we'll get into later, is needs some improving. Uh, the other bit of news from the first day of spring training, a lot of talk about Soroka uh, and his working his way back from the Achilles injury. Soroka himself said, you know, he's not really trying to push it like a lot of people, people thought he would to be back for opening day. Um, says he still thinks it's likely, you know, late April or early May before he returns. Um, you know, I hear a player say that and immediately start thinking probably mid to late May. Me and Fred were talking before the podcast, as we always have our great 30 minute podcast before we actually hit the record button. But, um, uh, you know, with there not being a DH this year, uh, that may, you know, entice the Braves to wait a little bit longer on Soroka. But we'll see. I think they're going to be very cautious with him as they rightfully should, as he's the, the ace of this staff and you want him at 100% and ready to go, you know, down the stretch and into the postseason. But, uh, Alan, I'll kick it to you first. Just your thoughts on the Kipnis signing and the Soroka update. In and of itself, the Kipnis signing is fine, but it just continues a trend that continues to be more like a yawn for the entire situation with the bench for the Braves this offseason. I mean, he's about the only guy left at that point. And the fact that, uh, uh, he's on a minor league contract and still has to make the team is essentially indicative of what we've been seeing the entire offseason. The Braves have not dealt with the depth that they need to do uh, to make sure that this is a championship caliber club. They are not really going out and being very aggressive in the marketplace. They have not uh, done so since the signings of, of Morton and Smiley, and it's kind of frustrating and, and exasperating to, to a great degree. But uh, at the same time, I'll, I'll say this much about Kipnis. He is a guy who can hit uh, and hit for some power. He'll hit from the left side. And that 
was definitely needed. He can play all over the field. So I guess that's about as good as you can do at this point. And I wish the Braves had done better, but I'm not going to sniff at it because I know Kipnis had been a pretty good player for a few years. That may have passed now, but this is why he's uh, in the situation he's in as well. So that's just still, a, a, as I say, a commentary on the way the offseason has been going. As for Soroka, I am shocked that he is this far along as it is. It sounds like he's doing just about everything but sprinting at this point. Uh, I think I saw something from from Brian Snicker that says that uh, his concerns mostly are going to be things like getting off the mound and, and covering first base, which, of course, was kind of the problem that caused the Achilles tendon injury in the first place. So when when you got guys who are trying to uh, do this – abrupt move these abrupt movements starting and stopping and then having to go from a standing uh, state to full speed as quickly as possible that's where you get your injury so that's the kind of thing that they're going to have to do carefully and it's not it, the good news it's not his arms and i my fear is that he changes something to favor his his legs while he's doing his throwing. If he doesn't do that, then he'll be in good shape for the pitching. If he does, then that could cause additional problems. So I, I, I hope they're being very careful about that. But that, that's the kind of detail that we aren't going to see and aren't going to find out about until later on in the process. So in any case, a slow and steady progress is, is good and warranted and helpful for him and, Hopefully the Braves got enough depth in their starting pitching that they won't have to miss him for the, the couple of months before he ends up actually coming back. Yeah, people always, you know, kind of jokingly, sarcastically talk about PFPs and, you know, at the beginning of spring training and how kind of boring they are. But, you know, I think people will be glued to watching Soroka whenever he finally starts doing PFPs because, you know, that's where the injury came from. I think that's going to be his biggest hurdle coming back. But, Fred, what was your kind of take for the Soroka news um, in spring training? Well, uh, reading the reports today, uh, Soroka said, you know, all you have to do is watch me run to tell I'm running funny. Uh, and that tells me that he's still favoring the leg a little bit and he's not he's not willing to give it give it uh, everything he's got right now. And, and I, you know, Alan's hit this on the head. We we don't want him to blow up early and, and do some damage that can't be undone. Uh, we want to take his time and get back. And we do have uh, starters who should be able to hold the fort and pitch well enough to get us into May or maybe even June uh, and get, let him come back strong uh, and uh, be the be the guy he can be. Now, I think he's going to want to be out there before, before June, but I'm not sure, uh, as we talked about earlier, that the Braves won't slow roll him quite a bit because, you know, he didn't pitch last year and innings build up. Everybody says, well, don't worry about it. They can go out and throw the innings. Well, that's not exactly the way it works. You have to pitch to be able to pitch. And uh, so he's going to be innings limited coming off of this injury anyway. It it wouldn't surprise me that it, the Braves, you know, just said, well, you take your time there, uh, and uh, we'll just get you out there, Mike. We'll get you out there, and they'll get him out there. And so he gets like a half a season there, and he's still firing uh, at 100% coming to the postseason. Knock wood. Uh, I, 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 that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see him come back healthy and take more time rather than less, but maybe means he doesn't hurt it anymore. 
the Kipnis thing, the one thing about Kipnis he's always done is he's always had a little bit of pop, uh, and he's he's going to give you sort of, you know, in a in a bench role, he's going to give you, you know, 10, 15 doubles, uh, maybe eight or ten home runs out there out of a bench role, and that's really all you can ask for out of a bench guy, I guess. He comes on, plays a little bit when he has to, gives, gives uh, players a day off now and then, and he's a left-handed bat, so... There's there's that, and then of course we always have Pablo who can come around and play a little left-handed, a little right-handed bat for us. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I say that in jest, but it could easily be he could easily see those two guys on the bench. But Kipnis, I think you know is, he's not my favorite guy, but he's a guy. He's got some power. He's played a little bit here. He's not going to panic in the situation, and you know could could have done a lot worse. So I have no problem with Kipnis coming in there, and I do think he's going to get a spot on the bench. Yeah, the other player I, I didn't mention, um, but the Braves also picked up Travis DeMerritt uh, since the last time we recorded. Obviously, Braves fans very familiar with him. Uh, big power bat, but also huge strikeout bat. But he could potentially get a, get a job on the bench as kind of that um, right-handed power bat uh, coming off the bench, uh, already on the 40-man roster. So I think he kind of has a, a good chance there to to make the team. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out. We really talked about the bench a lot on the last podcast, so if you haven't had a chance to listen to that one, make sure you go back and do that. Um, don't really want to rehash that, but obviously I'm not a big big fan of the bench. I don't think any of us really are. I think it's I think it's an obvious weak spot. I think it's a a huge uh, weak spot. But uh, if you haven't checked out that podcast, make sure that you go back and do so. Um, but I want to do a little spring training. Preview, looking at roster battles. Obviously, those bench spots uh, will be some good battles. Um, but also, you got the backup catcher job between Alex Jackson and Contreras. And then you have, if Soroka is going to be out for a month, month and a half, then you got a, a battle for that final rotation spot. Likely, you know, Bryce Wilson, Kyle Wright, maybe Tukey, um, maybe Sean Newcomb. Haven't heard much about Newcomb lately, but maybe he gets an opportunity there. Maybe a young guy like a Tucker Davidson. Um, gets a chance, but uh, we'll have some competition for that final spot. Uh, and then the final couple of bullpen spots, I think you're still up for grabs as well. So, Fred, I'll kick it back to you. Any kind of roster battle in particular that you're, you'll are you be keeping an eye on that you have an interest in? I've got an interest in a lot of them. I think that, I think that you'll see uh, Jackson start. Unless unless Contreras really comes out and has a blow in spring, I think you'll see Jackson start up there and see if he's going to be around to do it. And then they'll use. Uh, the, but again, Contreras could come out and blow everybody away. The the player who plays the best in the spring training is going to get the backup catcher job, and the other guy is going to wait at Gwinnett uh, to come get him. Uh, we we don't really know whether the, the health and safety thing lifted the uh, thirteen pitcher cap. We don't know whether they're going to have thirteen and thirteen. My feeling is that they may well have 14 pitchers and just the 12 uh, position players. And if they do that, that's going to open up pin positions. I think you'll see uh, Newcomb in the pen uh, along with our friend Luke and, and Tyler Matzik and, and Dayton, the mentor. You could actually see Jacob Webb come up and take one of those spots in the spring. Uh, the problem is that we've only got uh, two guys with options in that in that bullpen lot down there and in um, Mender and, and Nuka, and they're not going to send uh, AJ down because they think he's going to be the closer. So you start playing around with the pitchers down there. Well, that's why I think sort of the fourteen, 
the 14-man pitching staff is going to be it to start the season, and they'll get used to used to comfortable in that and sort of sit on it. But I'm just amazed that we haven't heard more about Newcomb myself. He's, he seems like a change of voice, scenery kind of guy would do him some good. And maybe that's maybe that's what happens at the deadline. But I think that's probably what we're going to see. And I don't see much else going on down there. I think you'll see Wright and, and Wilson both get a shot at that starting role. And we'll see who comes out firing, firing harder in the spring. Yeah. And yeah, now that we talk about it, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, I'm really interested to see what happens with Newcomb. You know, I know last spring training he really made it a point that he wanted to be a starter and he was kind of given that opportunity. But, you know, then looked good in the first spring training, but obviously stumbled out of the gate once the season started, which, again, 2020 is such a weird season. I hate to put much stock into it one way or the other, but I'll be interested to see what they do with him because he was so good in that bullpen role um, in 2019 you know, and was a major asset. If he could ever really commit to that, you know, he could be a really great, you know, two-inning reliever at the end of the game to kind of eat up some innings and give you some quality innings. So uh, I think he could be great in that role if he committed to it, but part of that's going to be on him and whether or not he's um, happy in, in going to that role or if he wants to be a starter. And if that's the case, like Fred said, you know, he could be on the way out. Uh, sometime this year, but I, I still think he could have, you know, a, a big impact on the team. I uh, still think, you know, he has the ability, the talent, um, but we'll see what he does with him. I think he'll, he'll be one of the more interesting players to watch because, like you said, we haven't heard anything about him really. But, uh, Alan, any, any position battles that you're particularly uh, interested in going into spring training? Don't have a lot to add here. I don't know that there's going to be a lot of drama as far as that goes. I was just looking through all the non-roster invites and none of them look like they are in a position to take anybody's job away. I do agree that uh, 14 pitchers is probably going to be the way that the things start because everybody's going to want to ease the pitchers into the season, probably no more than five innings to start with, maybe even a couple of times through the rotation. Carl Edwards Jr. looks like a guy who could probably make that bullpen. Uh, Nate Jones, be interesting to see if he can rebound and, and, uh, be a contributor there. Uh, aside from that, we, <laughs> back to the bench, we still don't have a lot more than 12 guys that we can put on the field that, uh, we think are cr- going to be credible. So I think that it's, it's going to be fairly straightforward in terms of the, uh, the drama. What the only question I've got is whether Travis Demerit is going to hit enough to to make the job, or if he's going to be too much of a liability and a swing and miss to uh, to to add to the roster. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's it's what we've got. Uh, I just hope everybody can stay healthy because that's what we're going to need. Yeah, no, I saw a tweet today asking what your biggest concern with the Braves was, and I I tweeted out, you know, it's basically if any of the starters go down, we're in huge trouble. And, you know, that's an unsettling feeling going into the year, knowing that, you know, really anybody in the lineup goes down and there's just not it's a big drop off from the starters to what's behind them right now. Um, And over 162 game season, you know, you know, somebody's going to go down, you know, somebody's going to miss significant time. Um, So hate to keep, you know, driving that point home. But, uh, you know, going into spring training, certainly that's, you know, thing that scares me the most about this team you know as I tweeted out you know if everybody stays healthy and produces like they're capable I have you know no doubt 
that this team is capable of winning a World Series. You know, that I firmly believe, and they, they showed it last year. They were, you know, within a game of doing so. But, you know, they lose anybody, uh, you know, especially on the offensive side, uh, in the position, in the position players, you know, they lose anybody there for a significant amount of time or, or the year. You know, it's, it's going to be rough. And obviously, you know, you can still make trades. Moves can still be made during the season. You know, a bench can be fixed during the season. A bullpen can be fixed pretty easily during a season. We've, we've seen Antopolis do that before. You know, I would rather, I would obviously rather be fully equipped going into the season. And I just don't feel like this team is at this point. And that kind of scares me. But Fred, I don't know anything, you know, other than the bench really that concerns you about this team going into spring training. I wonder, and I, I, I've said this a couple of times, so all you fans, all of Travis's buddies out there, don't don't send me hate mail. I don't believe that Travis Darno is the guy you saw in 60 games last year for 162 or for 120 starts. He's going to catch all right. He's a good defensive catcher. He's a good. He's going to be all right as a defensive catcher. But if you think his bat's going to hold up and he's going to hit in 160 or 120 or 130 starts like he did in 60 starts last year and he did in that little bitty sample size with Tampa where he played some first base and he did some DH as well as catching. Uh, Catching wears you down, particularly when you play at Atlanta and it's hot, it wears you down. And, you know, he's more or less the guy the Mets had uh, when he was healthy and his best year. I, I just, he's not... I don't think he's that guy, and I think you are expecting him. Pakoda would say he's going to regress, and that's what he's going to do. He's going to come back to being who he is over the long term. That means that once you get past the top four in the lineup, you've got a problem, and you really need Austin Riley to find his bat, remember remember how to put the ball in play hard. Uh, you really have to have those guys. Swanson has to hit like he can hit, but without Darno in there, uh, the lineup gets really kind of short and questions uh, questionable after that. That's what bothers me more than anything else. I don't question the talent at the top end. The pitching, I think the pitching will be fine. As, uh, as Jake has said this, depth, depth, depth. We don't have a lot of depth, 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 particularly in the outfield and, and certainly behind the catchers and on the bench. So when... You, you don't have anybody there that you can take and say, well, I can shove this guy in there and he can play okay for three weeks while Joe Bagadonis gets well. We don't have that guy. And uh, that's the problem with, with, the, with the way the thing is set up right now. Yeah, and you mentioned... You know, not expecting TDA to produce like he did 2020. You know, I think people are also expecting Azuna to produce like he did in 2020, and and that's not realistic either. And that's why the Dakota projections are so uh, unfavorable towards the Braves, is there's just so many players last year that went above their norm, um, mainly, you know, TDA and Azuna. Uh, but, you know, I'm not to say that Azuna won't be good this year. Even if he just produces at his normal levels, he's going to be effective in the lineup but um, those are two players right there that I think you know are going to regress a little bit uh, and that as you said Fred will shorten that lineup a little bit but Alan any any thoughts anything really concerns you about the Braves 
Well, the irony, it seems that the rotation may be the most depth-filled position that uh, we've got right now in that uh, you've got uh, Freed Soroka, eventually, Anderson, Morton, and Smiley to, to lead off, Wright, Wilson, and Newcomb maybe to fill in uh, where, where needed, and you've got uh, the the fact that those guys, uh, Wright and Wilson in particular, who stepped up in the uh, postseason, maybe they have that uh, next step to them that uh, they can perhaps uh, feel like they've they've earned it, they belong, and maybe they can uh, break out a little bit. So that's the good news: is that the rotation may be all right. And if that's the case, then that will certainly help out the offense. It'll help out the bullpen. It'll help out everything else. So there's a little maybe upside hope <laughs> that uh, everything will be all right on on that score. But uh, I just I also worry about the bottom of the lineup as well. It's going to be a little bit more what we're used to. In that, uh, yeah, you got the the first four. Uh, guys who can hit and then it's going to be a little iffy after that so if you're going to chain together a bunch of runs it's going to have to be coming from the bottom of the order to start with and then the top of the order to to knock them in i don't think if the top of the order starts to hit and doesn't uh, follow through sufficiently then i i think you're going to see rally snuffed by the time you get around to fifth or sixth or seventh in the order so it it's it's going to be like that it's going to be a little bit more of a dogfight than than we're used to. And, of course, the National League East is going to be pretty tough this year, as everybody seems to suggest. So uh, I, I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk by any stretch of imagination, but um, I do think these guys are capable of getting it done. So, Yeah, no, for sure. Like I said, I mean, everybody stays healthy. Again, I think this is one of the best teams in baseball again. Uh, again, it's just that if somebody, especially somebody in the top four of the lineup, it misses significant time. We're in big trouble. But we'll, we'll quit trying to be negative here for a little bit. I feel like we were last episode and this one, and rightfully so. This is the team that was on the brink of winning a World Series last year, and I just don't feel like a lot has been done to improve the team and to set this team up to win a World Series, which is just unfortunate. But, again, we'll, I'll quit trying to be negative myself. Let's talk about something a little bit more exciting, and that is – uh, prospects, obviously a big part of spring training is getting to see some of the prospects that are up and coming. And, you know, with us not having a minor league season last year and not having uh, much video at all from the uh, the camp uh, where all the prospects were, were located during the 2020 season, this is our first time really to to get a look at some of these prospects um, and, and perhaps some of these prospects uh, step up this year and they provide some of that depth uh, that we're we're lacking right now again I mean if some of these prospects got a, a normal 2020 season they would be knocking on the door to be in a big league roster you know this spring training this year so you know perhaps some of these guys can provide the depth that the Braves are looking for and step up that's just a big ask obviously for rookies to do but uh, certainly you know a lot of a lot of solid Braves prospects coming to camp. You know, Michael Harris is one I'm really excited to see. Not somebody that would possibly have an impact this year, but somebody that's gotten a lot of buzz this offseason. So really excited to see what he brings as a non-roster invitee. Um, he also, you know, Trey Harris, the other Harris outfielder. You know, he's somebody that's an advanced guy. Him and Braden Shoemake, 
I think are two guys that are pretty advanced, you know, college bats when they came out. You know, if they had good starts to their minor league seasons, you know, they're they're two that I think could could potentially break through this year and um and and get to the big leagues and provide some depth. And then, you know, obviously Drew Waters is probably the, the top prospect for the Braves once Pache and Anderson um graduate here pretty soon. Um he's somebody that, you know, a lot of people will be watching uh in spring training and throughout the the start of minor league season to see how he's adjusted. But uh Alan, I'll kick it back to you. Any any prospects in particular you're looking forward to watching? Any that you think could um break through into the big leagues this year and, and help out? I I have a hard time suggesting that Ian will break through to the big leagues. Maybe um Drew Waters, I'm not sure if his bat's going to do that or not. I'd like to just see Bryce Ball get a few ABs just to uh, see what he can do against some of his big league pitching, though. I, I, I know he's got light tower power, and uh, I definitely liked seeing him last year, or I guess two years ago now, <laughs> and uh, want to just see what his progress is. And, and in general, I just want to see some of these prospects. I've been starved for that. We haven't seen the minor leagues all, at all last year. Uh, definitely want to see some, some ball here locally when, when we get the chance to do that. Uh, and it's just a matter of being starved for, for the exposure to see these guys and see what they can do. So, uh, I don't have a lot uh, that I can point to and say, yeah, I want to see this guy, this guy, and this guy, but I, I want to see them all. I want to, <laughs> it, it's, it's a matter of, uh, being starved for baseball. I, I, I gotta say. Yeah, no, I'd certainly understand that. The, the minor league uh, roster, the minor league schedules got released today, recording this on Thursday night, and that was exciting. I can't wait to get back out to my local minor league team and, and watch the minor league action again. Certainly, as you said, uh, Alan's starving to, to see those minor league games again and see some of these prospects. And Bryce Ball is interesting. You bring him up because, you know, obviously he was uh, kind of the darling of the, the last year's spring training uh, with the power potential that he showed. Um, but obviously as a first baseman, He's going to be blocked for years, or at least we think it's going to be for years to come, uh, once they finally finish up that Freddie Freeman extension. And Unless with, it becomes a DH or something. Yeah, yeah. well, and that, that, that's the other point I was going to bring up, that with you know the Braves signing Ozuna you know, and being there for the next four years, he kind of takes up the DH spot when that comes into play. So I'm really curious what they're going to do with Ball, how they kind of develop him, but that'll work itself out you know, over time, but... Fred, any any prospects you're excited to see in spring? I don't think I'm going to get to see a whole lot of them. I, there's not going to be a lot of video time that's going to be showing us a lot. Uh, mostly like Alan, I just want to see him get up and get some hacks. If I was there, I'd like to watch Langelliers behind the plate. I'd like to see Contreras and Jackson back there. Um, I, I'm sort of I sort of want to look at some of these guys that came on with a little bit of hype when they were drafted and see see where they're at now. You know, Nolan Kingman comes to mind. Uh, his brother was up, and he didn't. He hasn't quite been what he was supposed to be. We lost a season. Hasn't haven't had much out of those guys from the previous draft. And I'd like to have a look at some of them. But I don't think, in in honestly, that there's anybody who's going to go and kick the door down. I like to say Freddie Tarnock. I've been trying to trade him for years, and <laughs> he may hang around and be one of the best pitchers we've we've got in the long term. But I don't think there's anybody out to kick the door down and come up there. Uh, Waters has got these um, 
He's got a really high ceiling, and he's got a really high floor, but right now he's really air-conditioned a lot of ballparks, and he needs to stop doing that, and I don't think that's going to happen this year. I, I just I want everybody to get through spring training healthy, and I want to see somebody pop up there and, and take command of that role. I want to see Johan Camargo be good. I want to see I want to see uh, Austin Riley be good, and I want to see him play like we know they could play, uh, and and that would make me happier in spring training than any any particular uh, prospect I'd see. Yeah, no, and here I'm trying to be positive, and Fred's re- reminding me we probably won't get a lot of TV coverage in spring training. I don't know what the access will be down there, but hopefully we'll get to see a few games here and there, or at the very least, you know, get some games on the radio or get some reports on these players. But yeah, I'm most mostly just glad that they're going to be you know, on the field, getting the reps, getting getting reps against major league players. Because remember, uh, the Braves are only taking 65 guys to camp. Um, they can have a maximum of 75 guys. So a lot of these players are going to be getting reps, especially early on in spring training, um, you know, when pitchers are only going a couple of innings. So uh, it's going to be good to see some of these guys uh, get those innings, get that experience. We didn't really talk about any of the pitchers, but um, you know, I want to see what Tucker Davidson does. Obviously, he had that one start at the end of 2020 that didn't go well uh, in his big league debut. Really want to see, you know, how he responds to that. I think he's somebody that uh, could potentially get another shot this year. Obviously, with the rotation being kind of deep, um, kind of in a way, hope it doesn't get down to him. But uh, I think he's somebody that could still be part of the the future for the Braves in the rotation. Uh, Jocelyn De La Cruz. Uh, another promising prospect already on the 40-man roster, so I uh, want to want to see what what he can do a little bit there. Again, just want to see these guys get some get some more innings. Uh, Waskar, you know, is somebody else we haven't really talked about, but I wanted to mention. Um, I don't know what his role is going to be. He flashed good signs and showed good things, you know, in parts of 2020. Um, you know, he's somebody that could be that swing man, somebody that could come and give you multiple innings out of the bullpen in the end of games, or, you know, he's somebody that can move back to the rotation. Um, so I think, you know, his role is kind of up in the air right now. But, you know, if the Braves did need some some more depth in the bull, in the bullpen this year, he's somebody that I think could you could move in there and get some quality innings out of, and I think he could be really solid in that role. But we'll see how, how things shake out again. Spring training you know, underway pitchers and catchers reporting, position players reporting next week. And I believe the first game is on February 28th. Um, so coming up pretty soon, we'll have some some game action. The spring training schedule was um, altered a little bit. I think I talked about that last week. Um, they changed it so that travel wasn't as big a deal in Florida. Um, so that schedule did get changed around a little bit. But the Braves' first spring training game is on the 28th. Uh, against the Rays, um, and then they play that April or that uh, March 1st against the Red Sox in their first home game uh, is uh, March 2nd against the Twins, and they have two off days in March, so uh, a lot of a lot of games there. Uh, get to play a lot of reps. Exciting to see. There was also an announcement from the Braves, just kind of a little news update uh, for those who have. Uh, tickets for games in April. They're expected to make an announcement by Friday, March 12th on what the uh, limited capacity will be for April home games. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. If you do have tickets to April Braves games, uh, that'll likely be getting cha- uh, changed up a little bit. But 
Uh, Fred, anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Well, on, on an upbeat side, I'm looking for a healthy Ozzy Albies this season. Ozzy's the kind of guy that uh, uh, he's a lot like a, 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 what Ozuna did for us last year. He's out there. He's energetic. He stirs the pot. And he, he had a little trouble last year getting it going. I would like to see Ozzy out there have the kind of season that the kind of be the kind of electric player that lights up the field that uh, that makes everybody on the other team pay attention to him when they're supposed to be watching everybody else. And when when he and Ronnie are are in their element and doing their thing, there's not a more dynamic pair at the top of the lineup. And I think that's what you're going to see at the top of the lineup. Then those two guys, and you follow them with Freddie and Ozuna, and the top of the lineup, if those guys are uh, on their game and playing like they can, uh, the top of the lineup is going to be really difficult to get through for any pitcher. Okay, maybe not Jacob DeGrom, because he gets through most lineups. But most pitchers are going to have a lot hard of trouble, a lot of trouble getting through that lineup. Ozzy's the kind of thrilling player that makes the game fun, and I love watching him, and I love watching Ronnie when they're when they're when they got their tails up and they're running and just smiling and having having a hell of a time, and that's when the league is in trouble, and that's what I want to see out of this team this year. Yeah, absolutely. That is that is exciting. Thanks for bringing up the positivity here, Fred. I, I am excited about both of them this season. I think Ronnie is in for a big season. I think he wants to prove everybody he's one of the best players in baseball, and I know Ozzy's dying to get out there after a rough 2020 with the wrist injury. Really both of them dealing with wrist injuries, but Ozzy seemed to be a bigger issue than Ronald's was. But, uh, Alan, what, what kind of positivity you got for us before we get out of here? Well, the fact that uh, most teams you've got one guy in the lineup that has a that, that constitutes a must-see at bat, we got four, and we got four in a row. And that, you know, like Fred was suggesting, that these guys are going to be uh, murder on, on pitchers because they're going to come out healthy, they're going to come out ready and ready to – really prove something considering that uh, all these projection eight groups uh, think that the Braves aren't going to win this year. So I, I'd like to see if they can come out and continue to befuddle the experts as they have the last three years. So I, I, I can't wait to, to see that actually happen. All right. And I'm pumped up again. I'm excited about Braves baseball again. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> thank you. For, but you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm not trying to, to downplay the Braves at all. Like I keep saying, if, if everything stays healthy, uh, this is a World Series team, in, in my opinion. Uh, and they do have a lot of exciting players. Like you said, especially at the top of that lineup there, you got the reigning NL MVP. Uh, you got Max Freed, Mike Soroka at the top of the rotation, Ian Anderson coming off a big, uh, 2020 season. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of a lot to be excited about as Braves fans, a lot of exciting players to watch. So uh certainly don't want to lose sight of that. But somebody asked me what you know the expectations were for the Braves this year. And, I mean, it's World Series or bust at this point. I mean, and if that's not what you're playing for, then, you know, we're not – we're not building the team correctly, so and we're not viewing this team correctly. It, we're in a situation now where it should be World Series or bust every year with the talent that the Braves have, and um, that's exciting. It's also, you know, a little bit daunting as a fan. 
Um, but again, excited for spring training to get underway. If you're looking for more spring training coverage, make sure that you go to tomahawktake.com. I put out my Braves roster prediction, um, heading into spring training, uh, who I think will be on the 26 man roster. Uh, Alan's talking about the state of the Braves on reporting day. Uh, I wrote another article looking at the most exciting prospects to watch in spring training. And then we got, uh, uh, Trent Dickerson, uh, Dickerson wrote um, an article looking at the non-roster invitees and who has the best shot at breaking camp on the major league roster. So uh, we got plenty of spring training coverage there on the site. So make sure that you go and check that out. But that will do it for this episode of the Tomahawk Take podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to the Tomahawk, Tomahawk Take podcast wherever you listen to your podcast and follow us on Twitter at Tomahawk Take FS. And we'll talk to you next time. This edition of the Tomahawk Take Podcast, the Splinters in the Bench episode, is a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants, not Minute Media. It's not their thing. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Mr. Exposition. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other selections used today come via rights purchased by tomahawktake.com. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today and may all of your benches be full and socially distanced, of course. We'll see you out for the next inning. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.